1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the 77 Club. Oh my god, we've got no one to do the socials. <laughs> Who's going to do this? Who knows the socials? They're going along oh the bottom god. of the screen if uh, you are watching on YouTube. It's 77 Club podcast on Twitter, Wolf 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram. I'm trying to remember, just reel off what Harry says every week. Um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I reckon, yeah, we've done all right. Well, it's Christmas Brilliant. party season, so uh, we're a bit all over the place at the moment. Um, but we'll say hello as well to Dan Bayliss. Hey, hello, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello, chaps. Um, Jack, I'm going to start with you because it was a message that was pretty much at the final whistle that got sent through on the old WhatsApp and you said, that one hurts. And I think that's pretty much sums it up a little bit. It did, didn't it? Because if you think since our return to the Premier League and apart from obviously in, in cup games, we've never got anything against Liverpool. No. And if you were thinking on a day that it was looked like it really was going to happen, where at least eventually got a deserved point, then it was going to be last Saturday. And you know it's bad when uh, once the game's finished um, and that happened at the end, 
I'm, I was, I've been done with football for the whole weekend. I didn't watch any more football that weekend and didn't even take a passing interest in any other results. And just um, until now, really, it's the first time I've actually thought about it because I've had to have a few days to actually mentally recover because it was, uh, it was quite... That's quite, quite serious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does get you down in that level. It's just it like, does, yeah, it does. Like, luckily, I had plans on the Saturday night, so I just went and just forgot about football and went, went off and did, did that. But... Yeah, I think we deserved it. There was some heroic defending, wasn't there? And particularly when when Saar and well, when Saar runs out and makes that error, and Jota then is through on goal, and somehow Cody gets back and is actually heroically clears it off the line. You think, right, it's got to be our day here, hasn't it? It's got to be our day. And then it just takes one little lapse in concentration. Um, I, um, I don't want to point fingers, but um, obviously, Eight Nuri kept. Uh, Salah quiet pretty much the whole game. What a, what a brilliant performance that was! It's unfortunately came off with you know five or so minutes left, and and then Salah just you know does Hoover and Origi has a little bit of skill, and suddenly it's game over on on ninety three minutes, and it actually actually was heartbreaking. But as you got to try and be positive because what a performance that was really, particularly a defensive performance against you know one of the best teams in the world, if not the best team in the world, you know depending on how you look at it, between them and Man City. But yeah, it was. Uh, Gut wrenching, I think, is the answer. Um, Bayliss, like I said, it was a defensive masterclass almost. Um, I think Liverpool had something like sixty-seven percent possession, and you know that we know that's how they play, and that they, they are just so quick off the mark, aren't they? Um, yeah. And and for for the first ninety-three minutes, it was absolutely fine. We're very good. We Wolves were very good in our own half of the pitch, but sadly, we just couldn't get out, could we? Really which was a bit of a shame. I mean, you can tell what it's like with Liverpool fans, can't you? Because two Liverpool fans that I know, who are obviously from Beckenham and Copenhagen, <laughs> um, the suburbs of Western England, um, both messaged me, giving me some stick. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> if, it takes, if it takes you a 93rd minute winner to sink us and then you have to give a bit, then we've clearly done pretty well to keep them out. Yeah, so, definitely, definitely. I reckon I'd have got less stick if it had been 4-0. Yeah, I think I would have probably felt a little bit sorry for us. There aren't too many positives to look at from a Wolves perspective other than the fact we defended pretty well. But if you do it for 99% of the match, it doesn't really matter. I don't know. It's it's a special... It's a different... You need to judge them by different standards, I think, when you're playing Liverpool and you just think about how how well they they dug in and really, you know, kept some of the best players in the world pretty quiet, really. And the, their best chance of the game was our own was our own error, apart from obviously the goal. Um, so you, you just got to praise them, really. And fair play to like players like Cody because he was obviously playing through a bit of an injury as well, as you could you could see he had a problem with his ankle. And it's you know. It's just it was just just really really disappointing because I thought honestly thought that was going to be the time where we actually finally got something uh, against Liverpool who who to be honest have sort of convincingly beaten us every time since we come back up really in the league and well the irony yeah. is of course that the only win is in that cup game and that's when a very very young Hoover came on for Liverpool <laughs> so um, uh, yeah there seems to be a similarity. Yeah. It's it's quite it's quite depressing, isn't it? And I, I just I was thinking about it a lot actually, because uh, although I tried to just cut it out and cut football out for the whole weekend, I was thinking about it a lot. And the things I was thinking about were firstly, because Hoover was only on for a few minutes. Do you think Salah just thought straight away? Look, I used to play with him. I know him. I've got his number here. I know what I'm going to do. And as soon as they switched up opponents straight away, he knew he just knew he had the beating of him. And then then. You know, it, it. The rest is sort of history from that point. And also, when this has happened in the past, when we've gone down to 
only having so let's say we've got we've got to have Hoover and Samedo on the pitch as the wing backs. Samedo's mm-hmm. gone over the other side and yeah. let Hoover play in his preferred position. Then you have arguably your better wing back playing on his least less favoured side. Why didn't we do that this time? Was it just because there was literally four minutes left and they thought, oh, it's okay, we'll get away with it? Because I think if there was twenty minutes left, that wouldn't have happened. And I know it's all again good in hindsight, but that 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 confused me a little bit. But I think it was just a case of you know, there's only a few minutes left to see this through. It'll probably be okay. But then you've ended up matching Hoover up against an old you know person you used to play with, who you know used to probably knows his strengths and weaknesses more than more than most people. And ultimately, we paid the price. But I don't want to. I know Hoover sent a tweet out, didn't he? That he's, he was disappointed and thought he'd let the team down. So I don't want to fixate on that too much because mm. it obviously wasn't just his just his fault. But it was. Uh... Yeah, because well, he looked to have tweeted, and I I took it at face value, thinking it was it was legit, and I think everybody else did as well. Sorry for letting my teammates and the fans down this weekend. Uh, every mistake has its lesson. I learned from this one. We keep going, but that has since disappeared, so I can't find it. Um, so maybe he doesn't feel as sorry as he thought he did, um, or it was <laughs> no, I, uh, or it was made up. <laughs> I think because a lot of the comments were very supportive. It was like, now nah, come on, mate, get your heads up. There's eleven players on the pitch. It's a team game. It wasn't just you. It was a you know a world class touch from a world-class striker and big game player yeah so and and i think that's fair so it's definitely definitely not just obviously hoover's fault it's just the fact the timing and the fact it came down the side of the player who was probably the man of the match from our our team by a long way who had Mm. probably the best game he's had in the wolf shirt by some way i thought it was superb it's just uh yeah it's just a bit you know a bit heartbreaking and also i think sometimes the last few minutes and this is another thing I thought saw on the Twitter sphere quite a lot is does taking Traore off just invite the pressure on? Because suddenly we don't have an outball anymore. And he, he did cause some problems, Traore. You can't, out of the three up front, he was by far the biggest uh, attacking threat going th- forwards or, or, you know, the breakaway uh, threat going forwards. Mm. And then taking him off, I think, does that just give the other team a little bit of a lift? Because they think, oh, hang on, you know, we can push forward now. They haven't got this uh, this man machine who, who can just run past us at any point. Um, so, yeah, th- those would be my two criticisms, probably just why is, why did Hoover come on on that side and why did they take Traore off? But if it had just played out to be a nil-nil, we wouldn't be talking about it. We'd be saying, what a great defensive performance. So can't get too disappointed, even though I was uh, very upset for two days. <laughs> it's very, very fine margins, isn't it? I mean, we were sort of... We were talking about last week with Traore's chance against Burnley and, you know, fine margins if it goes in. We're all talking about a wonder goal. And then on the other hand, we're hammering him for making the wrong decision. Um, Bayliss, I think we pretty much called the starting 11, maybe apart from Dendonka, partner in Neves yeah. in the middle. That was probably the only one that we, we didn't call. Were you surprised with that? Or do you need that sort of more physical threat? I think I, I, think I said it at the time. I think. I can't remember. It was a week ago. I'll have to remember. play it back. I'm not bother. Yeah, and I, we can talk about this until the cows come home, and it's just one of those that's a gut wrenching bad one bad second, and it happened to be at the very end of the game. If that had been the, you know, they really should have put it to bed, and Jota should have scored, and then it'd have been a different game. Wolves have had to open it up to try and get a point, and um, it would have been really different. I don't know. I thought Tendog played reasonably well. Can't I can't fault too much. It's just a, a very good football team beat us. And well, yeah, you said that. Up. You said that last week, and you, you know, we don't know what team's going to show up. And you said Liverpool, yeah, and they're very, very good, and and they are, aren't they? You know, um, they're only kept off top spot by a point or two, isn't it? And we're playing Man City next, so that'd be fun. Um, is there a man of the match in there, though, Bayliss? Well, it's Ain't Nori, isn't it? 
I think yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I, I I I definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, but you gotta give honourable mentions to players like Kilman and Cody. I think we mentioned already, and I think nobody had a bad game really. Saar had his one moment of of madness, um, and I would say like there wasn't very much offered from um, the uh, the front two that weren't trial race. So Jimenez and uh, Fuang really. But again, it's the this team you're playing against and the standard of the opposition. But particularly from the midfield and defence, can't really fault anybody, which just makes it a little bit more. One, one thing I would say is I would have rather watched that game, the 2-1 that we lost, than that 1-0. At least we had a go and got down the sides yeah. and created trouble for them. I didn't, although Troy might have caused a little bit of trouble, I don't think it was that much. I don't think Liverpool really were too worried with us. I, I don't know. I think they, you could see that every time Troy got on the ball that he's, he was... He was they just don't know what to do with him, really. And he was the one the one player who looked like something was going to come from. But yeah, hey ho ho. I mean, we did have some chances though. You think? I just remember like Dendonka's one. I know. I think it's probably going to be called offside. And we did create him a few problems. It wasn't just completely one sided battering, and we parked the bus for ninety minutes. Like you know, the story will probably tell. I didn't watch Match of the Day, but that's probably what it looked like on Match of the Day. But it, I don't think it was like that. We we were still a threat, although we did have to sit. We had to uh, try and take our chances and contain them quite well. And the one criticism would be is that when we did get those chances and those breakaways we weren't clinical enough or, or just together enough in the final third to actually make them pay but we had a few chances and I think that's all you can really ask for against a team of Liverpool standard we they did us proud really I think they did us proud and most people on here last week were saying it was going to be three or four and I, I, I never thought it'd be that many and it, you know it wasn't really it was lucky to be one in the end so hey ho at least we've got an easy game Saturday to uh, <laughs> Nice little trip to the Etihad. Um, just before we move on to Man City, actually, um, I think Tim Spears had written something in uh, The Athletic saying question marks have been raised about Silver's attitude against Burnley. That was last Wednesday night. Silver, along with Trincao and Hoover, had to be told to be warm, told to warm up properly by coach Alex Silver. And the trio was stood motionless by the corner flag watching the game. I sort of remember them being like that, obviously, sitting in the North Bank and they, and they were just pretty much stood there and stuff. Um, do, do you think he's got an attitude problem, Bayliss? Is, is it it's a bit of a prima donna? It will be on pretty good money, I imagine, for a, for your average 19-year-old. <laughs> Nothing like a poor journalist to take a three-second bit of something and define someone's entire attitude by it, is there really? Um, he did one bad thing and got told to go and warm up properly. He's a professional sportsman. They get told what to do for pretty much most of their life, don't they? So... I don't think we can judge his entire attitude on standing still for a couple of minutes on a Wednesday night game that wasn't particularly entertaining to watch. So, was no, bloody it's, cold as well. Is Tim Spears trying to get some one pound a month subscriptions to his awful website? <laughs> Jack, anything in it? Do you, do you reckon? Do you think it was a, um, a mix of backroom staff getting told to warm up properly? I, I really, I don't know really. I don't know if again, it's just like probably similar to what Dan said. Is it putting two and two together and getting fifteen? Um, I, I don't know, but you don't know what players are like behind the scenes, really. But I wouldn't have thought someone like Fabio Silva, unless he has had his head spun by the price tag, would be coming in and being that sort of that sort of Jack. thing in the dressing room when he's nineteen. I wouldn't have thought so. Jack, but... it's proper fish wrapper journalism. <laughs> it really is fish wrapper journalism. Yeah, <laughs> oh, as in like when it, when it belongs wrapping fish, fish not to okay, be read. Right. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry, I don't forget your nineteen uh, fifties references all the time, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm saying he's just yeah. he's had to write something for the week. He couldn't find anything particularly interesting, so that's what he went with. Go after Fabio Silva. 
Um, let's have a look at Manchester City. Oh, wait, 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 wait. oh go on. Wait, wait, wait what? Wait, wait. One more thing. Just uh, you've been quite quiet about Liverpool, Sam. Uh, what were you yeah. doing on Saturday? Saturday at three o'clock because there's, oh, no uh, there's no way that you're going to watch it? rugby instead of football and okay. getting away with it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, no, that's true. Next, uh, I, uh, I thought that they would definitely move the Liverpool game. So as soon as I saw it, it was three o'clock on a Saturday, I was like, that game will never, ever stay three o'clock on a Saturday. It just doesn't happen. So I thought, okay, I want to go and watch the rugby with my cousin. Um, we'll do a double date, but is it just for with the Liverpool game? And obviously I thought it would move and it didn't move. Then got close to the game. I was like, oh my God, it's actually not going to move. Um, and then I, it turns out I made a great decision. So <laughs> what can I say? Uh, there were, there were three... For it, it was actually by one point, which uh, in rugby terms is is unbelievable. I think it was 33-32. Um, but at half time, we got seven free pints of Guinness um, because the card machine broke. And they because they're so much better than football, is that A, they have Guinness, Guinness on draft anyway. And secondly, they pre-pour them so that when they're topping them up, you actually get like what is close to a proper pint of Guinness. And they poured all these half pints. And then we were stood there and, and the woman just said, well, look, we've got no more... Guinness. So do you want these Guinness? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we'll have them. And then they finished pouring them to their full potential pint and then handed them over. I was like, we need to go to the rugby more often. Well, it was 35 quid behind the goals and I thought that was quite steep. That's Matt quite steep. Was here. He just had a trouser accident. Well, he did. Oh, you should have seen it. I sent the photo through. We just both couldn't believe it. Um, really? But yeah, so um, let's have a look at Manchester City. And I, I, I don't know what we do here because... It looks like Cody could miss his first league game of the season and for a very, very long time because of that ankle issue you mentioned, Jack. What do we do next? Well, also, has anyone heard anything about Aitnori? Nori? I've, I've told you I've not been watching like looking at any football stuff for the last four days because I couldn't start to have a break. Um, but is he going to be fit? He was taken off with an injury as well. And um, I've been saying it all year, December is going to kill us with the schedule and the fact we've got no mm. players coming. And so you should play centre-back like me. I'm going. <laughs> Who is? Who, I mean, I've in the predicted 11, I've got Marcel if he's, if he's good to go. But what potentially what's going to happen is we're going to have to play Bolly and Marcel and then we have no other proper first team defenders in case anyone gets injured, really. So you're going to have to play Kilman, Sace, and Bolly. Marcel at fullback if Aitnuri Nuri is injured and Cody are both injured. Samedo. And then you've got Hoover. And that went well at the weekend. <laughs> so sorry, I said I wasn't going to pick State on it. Sorry. <laughs> it's just what he needs, isn't it? After a bad, bad performance against the place in second. The team in second is then facing the the first place team in Manchester City, who just seem to score goals for fun. I mean, it looks like um, Foden and Ake um, will have late fitness tests. They um, they were both withdrawn due to injury uh, midweek in the Champions League against Leipzig, and then you've got Jesus and Lepore. Um, they're going to have late fitness tests too. So. I mean, they, they just have a bar- an embarrassment of riches, don't they, Bayless, to pick from. And uh, Wolves just have completely the opposite at the moment. Pretty much bare bones, aren't we? It's, um, it, it's one of those classic ones where you're like, well, it could be an absolute rout in here. What's the record score? How many nils are it going to be? I just, I just love it. I just love it. Just saying to me, <laughs> one nil Wolves. Well, wasn't it like this going into the last time we beat them at? at City that it was it, it was off the back of some really poor results I'm sure it was because oh. I remember thinking we don't know when we're going to get our first 
win or our next win of the season because it's quite early on in the season, wasn't it? Um, I'm sure it was going into that we'd, sort of game, and it was we'd we played on Thursday in Europa League. I think that was kind of like oh, we got to go travel. I can't remember which game. Oh, was it Istanbul actually? It was one of the group games. It might have been Istanbul, but we de- we definitely travelled and then had to play on the Sunday. And yeah. we thought, okay, we'd be knackered with our small squad, and then somehow pulled it out of the bag. Um, so there was definitely that thrown in there. But I suppose I think the performance against Liverpool gives us a bit of hope for this. And so, so you know, why not? But. Again, just looking at the squad, and if players are are missing, we can't afford any injuries. And it's only the 9th of December. Wait until the, <laughs> like the end of the month, when it's just like you have a game every two days over Christmas. And I don't know. I think it's it's going to be. Let's be honest. It's a very tough game. I mean, that game against Leipzig in the week. I think they rotated pretty heavily. Looking at, it. I didn't watch it. I just saw the teams. But their rotation means that they start Grealish rather than put them on the bench and this sort of stuff. <laughs> so um, we've got to compete against that. Um, so, well, yeah, we, you know, I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just hope that they're not too disheartened after that result, uh, that last-minute uh, goal against Liverpool, really, because um, they, they shouldn't be. So There's a brilliant stat, um, which is going along the bottom of the screen at the moment, um, and I'm just going to have to hide it now so I can read it out. Um, this fixture's average of 3.82 goals per game is the highest of any to have been played at least 60 times in the English league. That is a brilliant stat. So, I mean, it's going to be high scoring. It's just the chances are that it's not going to be Wolves high scoring. Uh, that, that's the only problem. Not anymore. I'd imagine back in the day, there's probably a few that were quite high scoring because of Wolves. Because mm. Man-, Man City have only been a force for the last 15 years or so, haven't they, really? So that's an, that is a good stat, though. Mm. Um, Bayliss, how, how would you approach this one? Uh, take the missus Christmas shopping, <laughs> uh, rugby. I mean, the cricket's a shit, a shower of shit, so you can't watch that. <laughs> it's uh, your two loves, isn't it? Just I'm struggling. Not... I'm struggling. Uh, <laughs> enjoy it. Drink as much booze as you possibly can and enjoy it because it might not be that enjoyable on the pitch. I'm, I'm going I'm to 7.30 train from Euston. It gets into Manchester about 20 past nine. Can't wait. It'll be great. Oh, it's kick off as well, isn't it? It so is, yeah. It's half 12. 30, so that's going to be fun for everybody involved. Um, I mean, we, we seem quite down at the moment, don't we? I mean, usually Harry would maybe pick it up, but let's do a score prediction starting with you, Jack. 8-0. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I, 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 always, no, we, we always, we always, it's never as bad as we usually think it is, so it probably be 7-0. To, to what I said last week, 2-0 yeah, two, two City. 2-0 two City. The aggregate score for last season was 7-2, Bayless? I think it will be 4-0. I think it, if Cody doesn't play and we're and we're stretched and Hoover's, um, and Ain't Nori's not fit, we might be in for one, unfortunately. I think you might be right, but I'm obviously going to go to one Wolves. Let's look at your latest betting odds and ticket news. Um, this really sums up the disparity in the game. It's absolutely brilliant. So Wolves just to win, 20 to 1. Really? Because it was sevens against Liverpool and I thought that was mental. Gundogan to score first and City to win 4-0. It's Ooh. 30 to 1. <laughs> that seems quite short. <laughs> 2-0 Wolves, Traore first goal, 2,000 to 1. 2,000 to 1? Have they not learned anything from that Leicester year when and they won the league? Just, Never. just for our prize winner of the year, for the highest odds we'll ever read out. <laughs> Nelson Semedo to score first, 2 all draw. Oh, well, I mean, it's got, it's got to be 5,000, isn't it? Ish. 4,000 to 1. 
4,000 to 1. I'm not lying. For, that is just, uh, that's uh, worth the sky bet, isn't it? Um, I mean, 20 to 1 is, is, is mental. I mean, I, I seem to remember Middlesbrough beat them a few years ago, uh, going back quite a few years ago, and they're about 20 to 1 then. And surely they got a better chance than Middlesbrough. I think it was a cup game as well when they were in the championship. And We haven't scored we, a goal in quite a while. Yeah, that's true, but it only takes one goal, doesn't it? Um, I don't, don't know. Right. You, you know they've scored eight. <laughs> 20, 20, 20 to 1 in a three horse race though that's 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 bigger than I thought it was going to be especially after we've done them there in recent years oh, well, that, the, the problem is now that I've started backing these stupid scorecasts particularly involving Tomato and I'm going to have to keep backing them now until one of them happens which means well, yeah, the year was 20-48 oh my god that is ridiculous I didn't think we'd ever have something in the thousands I mean, that's yeah, something that's been in the low hundreds for most other games. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a tenner on that if it happens, like we said it, and you, you're literally looking at 40 grand. I didn't know you were good at maths. I, oh, I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying that's uh, that's ridiculous, isn't it, really? You'd have 40,010 uh, pounds back. Uh, Jack has some ticket news. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why you caught me off guard then. I was expecting it at some point. So, anyway, home games. Chelsea, home game, pretty much sold out. Good luck with that. Um, so, this has surprised me, actually, because I thought the Boxing Day game against Watford would sell out pretty quickly because the Boxing Day games usually do. A couple of things probably affecting that. One is the early kickoff. Everyone will be hungover on, on the day after Christmas, probably, for a half 12. And also, it looks like the away fans are in the quadrant. So, there's still a few tickets available in like the uh, in the lower steeple if you did want to take a family member. The problem here, though, is that you do need to have a membership to buy, buy any tickets now, unless like they do go really far down and eventually reach general sale. But there's no date for that, even at the moment, anyway. So, but if you did want to take a family member, the option is there. And maybe there'll be a few uh, spares flying about or people who will lend you the membership number or something like that. So, I could actually do one so someone please tweet us i need two tickets well, I've, I've just said they're on sale dan you can buy one um i've got a membership though i can't go buy two tickets can i if you buy a membership you can come on money back I've, I've got a season ticket i've already given them a load of money can i say that if this one doesn't sell out then we can end the argument of not being able to ever go and watch a game oh definitely i mean let me have a little okay quick, right quick, let me have a little quick look now and see there's probably about so oh, I just want to, want to put the argument to bed and then no one can complain ever again if it's not There's sold out. And if it's a Christmas argument of it's inconvenient, then it's never going to be convenient for you, is it? Looking at it now, it's probably about 250 to 300 left. So it's not far off selling out, but I, I agree. Like, yeah, if you can't, if you can't um, go when like yeah. it's Christmas boxing. Oh, it's an early kickoff. Oh, off. it's a late yeah. kickoff. Oh, it's a Wednesday. Oh, oh what you oh. want? You want Man United at home at three o'clock on a Saturday is what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's that would be Basically. the argument. Excellent. Well, I think so, I've probably riled enough people with that. Uh, so yeah, it's you always talk about the overseas walls, fans. <laughs> 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 can I do the away games, please? Come on. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah, sorry, you must. You must have known known the drill by now. So Brighton, I think, is officially sold out. There's a few flying around on the socials as we know um so i can't remember did i do ticket information for arsenal last time um 
I don't know. But anyway, I don't think so. So that is a half-trial kickoff on the 28th of December. So that's basically 24 hours after the Watford game. Um, So the allocation of that is 3,000. That's currently on sale on the points. I think they're on uh, about 1,080 as of Friday morning. There's only a few hundred left for that, so those will be gone pretty quickly. And also after that, it doesn't get much easier. The next away game on the 3rd of January, which is a 5.30 on a Monday night, which is just fucking annoying. Um, That is Man United away. That is on sale to the gold season ticket holders as of Friday, the silvers as of Monday, then on the points, starting with uh, 1,100 as of Wednesday, the 15th of December. Uh, and I will not be going to that, I don't think, because I've got to get a train back to bloody London on a Monday night when the die are. Why couldn't they just keep it on the Saturday? All right. You could go back annoying. with all the Man United fans. Yeah, true. Could do, yeah. yeah. Let's have a look at the... Let's do FA Cup first. So Wolves will play Sheffield United in the FA Cup at Molly on the 8th of January. Um, Jack, what were you saying about TV revenue? I mean, we'll obviously talk about the tie. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a nothing tie for me. Usually they are in the third round. I suppose we'll get to see John Ruddy in action um, and probably most of the first team because we haven't got any players. Um, so what were you talking about Wolves in general or just uh, about the FA Cup? Because the thing that riled me about the FA Cup was the, and quite a few people have seen it on Twitter quite a lot today, is the they did the selection for the TV games for, for the third round. Obviously, Wolves Sheffield United is never going to be picked for that because it's not exactly a glamour tie or very interesting. But they basically focused their TV picks on... The, the big Premier League club, clubs, really. And, you know, they've chosen games like Man United, Aston Villa, or Premier League tie. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal, which happens every year, I think, in some com- cup competition. West Ham against Leeds. And just sort of completely ignored the minnows, or uh, I say that with the most respect, but the smaller clubs. And surely the FA Cup third round is about these non-league clubs and these lower league clubs who get into this and then have their chance at like uh, having a shot at the big guys. I mean, teams like Boreham Woods, teams like Kidderminster Harriers, really. Kidderminster Harriers yeah. playing Reading. Like, you know, they're in the, the they're below the National League now. So in the league below that. And the extra TV money that these teams get for just being televised in that round is £85,000 which is nothing to Man United, Aston Villa, Leeds, West Ham, but it's an awful lot to teams like Kidderminster Hallery. Yeah, especially after a pandemic. Exactly. And they've just completely overlooked, but surely the magic of the cup is getting the the really smallest teams left in the competition to have a go against a football league team, whether that be a championship team or a Premier League team, whoever. And then having having that special occasion, that chance that they might, you know, they might pull off a massive upset and in, in the turn, even if they don't, getting some much needed TV revenue, but they've sort of decided... What channel's that, got them, Jack? Uh, it's actually spread out, so it's between BBC and ITV. So it's all the terrestrial t- channels, but they've basically just gone, oh, Man United, let's put Man United, let's put Man City. I mean, Man City Swindon is fair enough. I, I agree with that because that is a lower league against an upper one. But some of these other games, I think it's a bit of a bit of a push, really. I mean, Hull versus Everton, yeah, granted it's, you know, uh, but teams that used to be in the Championship, but there's, they haven't, I don't think they've broadcast any of the non-league teams that are left. And then they haven't. So, but, you know. And the, and the thing is, it, it's not going to be... Man United and Aston Villa. It's going to be Man United versus Aston Villa reserves. No one's going to play yeah. a full strength side in that. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah, I know. But the problem is, it'll but probably bring viewers. in more views. Yeah, that's that's what it's about, isn't it? So, but yeah, it's a bit a uh, bit disheartening, I think, really, particularly when that money would mean so much more to some of the other clubs than it would do to Man United. I mean, it doesn't even pay Fred's wages for a week, does it? Man United probably so. No any. thought. <laughs> That's the thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Football Focus will go and do like a, a big five-minute package or something on Kidderminster Harriers and the magic of it and then talk about all that bollocks and then 
say, Alan, tune in later for Manchester United versus Aston Villa. And Bayless, what are yeah. your thoughts? I agree. The, the, the Man United of the world get enough time on television and enough money from it. that, And the whole point of having a public broadcaster is that they're supposed to show lots of different ranges of things, not at every opportunity pick Man United and Liverpool or Man City. And they do it every year. So unless you draw one of those teams, you're not really going to get a look in. Even if they'd have said, okay, we'll make Kidderminster Harriers 7.30 on a Friday night, at least give them a chance to have it on telly. But to just pick the big teams, yeah, fair enough, Swindon, as you said. But but that's the whole point though, isn't it? Because you're, the, the magic of the cup is that you have one team that is not glamorous at all and you have a team that you would say is maybe an elite club or at least in the top 20 in the English pyramid. That That's the that's the draw, isn't it? So you can go, oh yeah, it's only Swindon, but it's against Man City and that makes it the glamour time. that's fine. And that's fine. Yeah. But Man United, Villa, and it genuinely will be their reserves. Mm. It's ridiculous. I, yeah. I don't know, who wouldn't rather sit and watch a team from the National Conference North play against I mean, a team from the also, That's great. Also, just, I'm just going, just going looking at it through them. Chelsea are playing Chesterfield and that's not on telly. Chelsea, Chesterfield that would be a perfect one. Perfect. And like, what, what, what's all that about? It's, <laughs> no, no, we'll put a, Oh, I don't know. It's just, Who makes these decisions, honestly? It is. It obviously just is done on which which teams we think will bring in the most viewers and the most overseas viewers, particularly in the way of Man United Villa. Like, yeah. main, like you say, Man United for reserves versus Villa reserves. Um, so, yeah. So uh, from one cup competition in January to another one that is uh, heavily going to affect us, um, the African Cup of Nations. So it begins next month. Um, apparently 40 Premier League players are going to be... Um, in the cohort going to Africa. And I think it's Watford have got the most players eligible. They've got six, um, although two of those are likely to miss through injury. But obviously, you know, we've spoken on the podcast so much, haven't we, about losing... I mean, I don't know if Bolly will go, to be honest. He hasn't had any game time, but I think he improves most sides, I would say. Um, but then if you haven't got the minutes, you're not in, in any sort of form, are you? So um, Sace is the other one um, with Morocco. Um, but it could be that they leave um, after the Boxing Day games. And if the country reaches the final, um, you're not looking at getting them back again till the 12th of February. So it, it's a it's a long old slog, isn't it? And and I suppose to just to tie it in, because we've obviously spoken about the frustrations of of having that small squad anyway, and I, and I think Bruno has has done that as well. To be fair, um, is that. How seriously will he take the FA Cup if he hasn't got the players to to furnish it? You know, the, these two cup competitions could be really problematic, couldn't they, Jack? Um, yes, potentially. I know there's some joking around on um, social media about they might recall they should recall Gibbs White and then make him play against Sheffield United and then send him back. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean. I, regular listeners will know that I've been worried about this for for a while really I actually thought we were going to lose them a little bit sooner than Boxing Day so that's at least one good thing if it's not until then I see the tournament starts on I think it's like the 10th of January or something like that um, so yeah, yeah it's going to be a difficult time and I think a lot of people are also just banking on the fact that oh you know it's January then we can sign some players but it's not that simple. We don't usually do our business early in the window. If you bring a player in, they've got to embed into the team. It's not as simple as it's not like buying a car. You've got to actually, they've got to be some understanding there and some level of fitness and all these assessments and this thing. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but, you know, that's, 
that's it now. There's not much we can do about it, is there? We just got to hope that Bruno doesn't get shafted by uh, some misjudgments, probably by the board. And to be fair, I mean, it's not. It's not obviously just Wolves that are going to be negatively impacted by it. I mean, <laughs> Liverpool are going to lose Salamane and Keita, so <laughs> they could be, but they obviously got the squad to deal with it. And I don't know, Bayliss, what do you think? I, yeah, I don't. I think ain't nor it'll obviously be a loss if he goes. But other than that, it's not really going to affect us too badly. Does Sace get picked still? Yeah, that's when we will lose Sace, Bolly, Sace and Bolly. The two we're going to lose two defenders, yeah, and three defenders. I thought eight nor there was. There was talk about Nori being possible, but I haven't heard anything since. So I don't think it's actually going to no. happen. I mean, the way he's going, the way he's going, he could get caught up in France if he progresses. So, um, it's a tough team to get into, isn't it? France? Why do they keep doing it? Why do they keep putting the Africa Cup of Nations during the Premier League season? Why? Because it's bloody hot if you play in Africa in July. That's why. Well, we've picked a World Cup exactly. in bloody Qatar, which is literally just a desert. <laughs> I've been playing play in, play in December. <laughs> Still, just That's a desert. How it works, isn't it? Like, well, it is, it's amazing that they moved it for that. Um, can you name between you the uh, four Premier League teams that don't have any African players? Burnley. <laughs> Norwich. Uh, Burnley isn't one of them, actually. Burnley oh, have got one. Right. Um, Maxwell Cornet of the Ivory Coast. Norwich. Uh, uh, Norwich don't have any. Brighton. No, Brighton do. Uh, Brighton have one. Uh, Basuma, Mali. Um, it's going to be teams towards the lower end, you'd think, wouldn't I it? I think it might be. Uh, no, it might be. It might surprise you. I mean, one of them is in the bottom half of the table. Leeds. Leeds don't have one. One is in the bottom three. Um, so it's Burnley, Norwich, it's Newcastle. Newcastle, correct. And one more. Got one more who are in the top 10. I'd say maybe even top eight. I haven't actually looked at the league table for a while. West Ham? It is, are we going to say Spurs? Just? I was, was going to say Spurs, yeah. Yeah, it's Spurs. Uh, West Ham have got uh, Ben Rama. Um, Man City have only got one in Maris, so um, they're, they're doing quite well out of it. Um, two for Southampton. And, and to be fair... I, Where are these four are you coming from then? Uh, well, Watford have got six, Watford Arsenal got four, <laughs> Arsenal have got four, Palace have got four, Leicester have got four, Villa three, Brentford three, Liverpool three, Chelsea two, Everton two, Man United two, Southampton two, Wolves two, Albion, uh, Brighton Hove, Albion one, Burnley, Man City, West Ham all got one as well. So um, that is your 40. And to be fair, looking at the fixtures though from... You know, end of end of December, and, and we, you know, we've got Watford on Boxing Day, and unfortunately, they're all going to play on that one. So <laughs> we, we haven't we haven't done anything good with that, I suppose. And Chelsea, we've got on nineteenth December. Arsenal, I suppose, possibly, um, but it won't really affect everybody else um, because we've obviously got bigger squads. Um, but yeah, uh, what we were going to do though is um, is put that call out for those of you who are listening. In a foreign land. And I don't know if Bayliss is going to try and offend um, people from those countries. Um, I'm, I'm sure he will do. You don't have to ask him twice. Uh, we've got one here. Hey, guys, dropping a DM as requested. I listen to your podcast while working. I'm from India. Been a Wolves fan for around two years now. Love the work you guys do. Come on, you Wolves. Um, Good. Then we've Hello, got... India. Uh, John Canning I just finished the latest pod excellent work again uh, I'm listening from New Jersey in the States he pulled the abuse you want on New Jersey there isn't much we haven't heard already that's true isn't it like most people to be honest I know there was one very bad TV show about 
jersey. And those knobs with the spiky hair. Jersey boys. Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. <laughs> it's the only thing I know about it. Snooky. Isn't it like, isn't it like the shit bit of New York? Like, Basically, it's, oh. yeah. I, I just know from like How I Met Your Mother and it's like they always look down on New Jersey because they're from New York and you know, obviously it's very next to each other, aren't they? Just across the water. But American banter. Yeah. Uh, Chris, listening from Denmark on the commute to work, originally from King Swinford and a former season ticket holder enjoying the podcast, lads. Uh, anything about Denmark then? I've Beautiful women and, and I've worked with a Dane who's taking the piss out of me all week because he's one of the Liverpool fans. So, so oh, excellent, right? Maybe they know each other. Danish people already. Uh, and and Rich says listening on the train from Budapest to I mean somewhere where I would try and pronounce it, but as it's very very Hungarian, it's just a lot of Z's and Y's that may, or shouldn't be that. <laughs> oh, many, have, a close to each other. have a go. Uh, have a go. Uh, Estegom. Estorjom. Oh. E S Z. Obviously, T E R G O M. Hungry? No, I've just eaten. Excellent. Right. Okay. We'll leave that there for uh, another week. Um, Jack, enjoy that very, very early train trip um, to the Etihad. Hopefully, you come away with um, three points for us. Because um, <laughs> you start in centre back. <laughs> oh, and obviously, everybody get on those stupidly crazy thousands of something to one bets because, uh, you know. It's, it's just typical, isn't it, that that, that would happen? It's happened before, isn't it? It's Let's happened be before, and it can happen yeah. again. Excellent. We'll say goodbye to Jack Williams. Goodbye, everybody. And Dan Bayliss. Yeah, goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.